Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello, and welcome to the Lightspeed Magazine Story Podcast. I am Jim Freund, your host. Lightspeed Magazine is edited by John Joseph Adams, and our podcast is produced by Skyboat Media. Today's story is Tijon's Last Adventure, as told to Raccoon by K.T. Brisky, performed by Justine Eyre. The story is copyright 2019. K.T. Brisky is a Canadian author, podcaster, and playwright. Her short fiction has appeared in Apex, Strange Horizons, and Daily Science Fiction, among others. She currently serves as the Apex Magazine podcast producer, and her audio dramas, Coxwood History Fun Park and Six Stories Told at Night, are available wherever fine podcasts are found. Select theater credits include Six Stories Told at Night, at the Toronto Fringe, A Canticle of Light, Mist Metaphor Productions, and East of the Sun and West of the Moon, Canadian Children's Opera Company. KT is a Sunburst finalist, Stone Coast MFA alum, and guardian to a very strange cat. When not writing, she frolics through Toronto enjoying choral music and craft beer. Visit her at ktbrisky.com or find her on Twitter at K-T-B-R-Y-S-K-I. So, let's buckle up. We're going to light speed. Tijon's Last Adventure, as told to Raccoon, by K.T. Brisky. Okay, so, there's a time when I'm looking for Coyote, because I need to tell him this story. So I walk the St. Lawrence River from one end to the other, and I cannot find him. Check the Rockies, he is not there. I even paddle to Baffin Island, because he likes to sleep on it. It is coyote-shaped, a little. He is not anywhere. But me, I have a story to tell, and so I look for someone else. Raven is not home, and Muskrat is doing Netflix and chill. Moose is too tired, and polar bear too endangered. Myself, I am discouraged, and so I skulk through Toronto. But then, in an alley of West Queen West, I hear Raccoon talking to himself. I poke my head in, and Raccoon, he's sitting with his back against the brick wall, plastic bags and takeout boxes piled up like a throne. I sit beside him, cursing as I kneel on bus transfers and cigarette butts. He doesn't look up. Raccoon, I say, you want to hear a story? What kind of story, Raccoon says. A Canadian story, I say. I got a story too, but I'm speaking now. Raccoon sighs. Do I have to stop eating? No. Okay, Raccoon says. D'accord, I say, and start. Il était une fois, 
There was a time when Tijon was very old. His fiddle was long out of tune, and his brothers Cordon Bleu and Cordon Vert had moved away. He'd spent the gold the devil put in his toque, and the bones of the seven-headed dragon he'd killed were crumbled to dust. One day, he was sitting by the fire when... Wait, Raccoon says. Tijon had brothers. There was a seven-headed dragon. Those are Tijon's other adventures, I say. Don't you know any heritage? Oh, right, Raccoon says. I forgot. One day... He was sitting by the fire when the door creaked open. A rush of cold wind swept in, and the fire hissed and went dark. Tijon, the same Tijon who'd once felled the whole forest with one axe stroke and fiddled three nights without rest, he struggled to rise from his chair. All his joints snapped, and all his bones ached, and a low moan dribbled between his lips. Allô, he called weakly. Who is there? C'est moi. Tijon gaped as a young maiden stepped into his cabin. Her white dress fluttered in the wind and her white hair streamed behind her. With eyes clear and grey as storm-swept ice, she gazed on Tijon. It is me, she repeated. La mort. I don't know French, Raccoon says. You should, I say. Well, do you know Cree, Algonquin? Raccoon pauses. Inuktitut? I don't answer. Is the lady death? Raccoon asks. Shouldn't death be dressed in black? Death looks like snow, I say. Canadians have a deep-rooted fear of dying alone in the snow. Fair enough, Raccoon says. Tijon, death said, your time has come. I think, Tijon said, his gnarled fingers tightening on his cane, that I would like one last adventure. I should like to escape from you. A game, my brave Tijon. Ouais, a game. Some of the old strength returned to his voice. He hardly shivered as death drew nearer, her skirt trailing snowflakes over the floor. If I escape from you three times... Here, fairy tales happen in fours, Raccoon says. In our fairy tales, it's three. Well, we're in Toronto, so it should be four. But I'm the one telling the story, I say. But, Raccoon says, you aren't listening. Fine, Raccoon says. Have it your way. If I escape from you three times, I win, Tijon said. And you will not take me, not yet, at least. Death's lips were grey as she smiled. Bien, Tijon. I accept. With that, she beckoned him. Come, let us away. Before they left the cabin, Tijon grabbed a sewing needle, an old buckwheat galette he'd meant to eat the week before, and he stook. Wordlessly, Death led him through the forest to the river. A pale canoe waited, and Death nodded towards it. Get in, Tijon. I will paddle. Not since he was a little boy had Tijon sat in the front of a canoe. But how heavy his arms felt, how weak his hands. And so, nodding curtly, he crawled to the bow. Death knelt behind him, steering the canoe with smooth, sure strokes. Through the forest, tiny lights flickered. 
No ordinary lights were these, but feu-follet, impish spirits bent on leading travelers astray. Dijon grinned and pulled out his sewing needle. Quickly, so death did not see, he threw it at a far distant tree. It stuck fast in the trunk. The feu-follet swarmed. They clustered around the tree, each trying to pass through the eye of the needle. From the canoe, they looked like a single lantern hung to guide them. How strange, Death said, to reach my land so quickly. But she paddled towards the river bank. The moment the bow scraped over the rocky shore, Tijon tottered from the canoe, and by the time Death realized the trick he had played, he was already limping home. They sound like will-o'-the-wisps, Raccoon says. Way, I say. Do Americans have fur folly? I think. Possibly in Maine. Maine's okay. They can be in Maine. Way, I say. They can be in Maine. When death stomped into Tijon's cabin for the second time, leaves and twigs poked from her hair. Dirt smeared her frozen white face. Two of her nails were broken. Bonsoir, Tijon said, curled up nice and snug with his blanket thrown over his lap. You look tired, mademoiselle. Would you care for tea? No. Death blew out Tijon's lamp and tossed his boots at him. We have wasted enough time. You know, Tijon said as they set off once more. You might consider some whiskey. Your nerves are very tight. Death said nothing, but ahead a copse of trees shattered like ice. A passing owl plummeted from the sky, shedding feathers. And finally, an old calmus keeled over with a thump. No whiskey, then, Tijon said. C'est d'accord. More for me. Silently, Death ushered Tijon into the canoe. While they sped upriver, Tijon slumped. Lulled by the splashing paddle, he fought to stay awake, but... Hold on, Raccoon says, digging into the takeout boxes. Snack break. What are you eating? I ask. Pork bun, goat roti, falafel. Nothing Canadian. Tahini coats his whiskers. Tastes Canadian to me. Slowly, slowly, Tijon drifted to sleep. When he woke, a cream-colored blanket covered him, striped green and red, yellow and blue. Whose is this? he asked, adjusting it more snugly. Mine, said Death. Before Tijon could answer, a thin smile curved her lips. We are here. They had beached at a small inlet. Rising, Tijon tried to climb ashore, but his back seized, his knees buckled, and he sprawled into a drift. For a moment he lay there, melting snow running like tears down his cheeks. Oh, my dear Tijon, death sank beside him, stroking his shoulder with a cold hand. You are so tired. That's nice of her, Raccoon says. Unusual, but nice. After a moment longer, death eased Tijon upright. Blinking, he peered through the darkness. Sheer granite cliffs tore the sky. Beyond, the northern lights whirled and danced. If Tijon squinted very hard, he just glimpsed a tiny yellow light between the cliffs, like a distant cabin at Johnny's end. Before we depart, mademoiselle, Tijon said, may I wash my face? 
death lost her softness. Drawing herself upright far taller than Tijon, she scowled. Downriver from the canoe, I do not want you escaping in it. Bien sûr. Tijon shuffled past death. Bending over the water, he let the weak old buckwheat galette slip into the river. As it bobbed in the current, it grew bigger and bigger, until it was a galette large enough to hold Tijon. With a merry wink to death, he hopped on, pushed off the bank, and floated all the way home. They were having a nice moment, Raccoon says. It was a trick, I say. Raccoon ponders a torn magazine by his paw. A ripped woman smiles up at us, clutching a cream and striped Hudson's Bay blanket. They usually are, he says. And so Tijon had escaped from death twice. But to win our little game, he muttered, there must be one more. Turning his toque over in his hands, he got an idea. Quietly, he left his cabin and called into the woods. Nana Bojo! The stars glittered overhead, and there was no answer. Nana Bojo! he called again. It is your friend, Tijon! A bush rustled nearby. Nana Bojo peered through barren branches, his eyes narrowed. What is it, Tijon? And Tijon told Nana Bojo the whole story of his game with death and all his escapes so far. He made them sound far grander than they were, but Nana Bojo was a trickster too, and so he understood. And for this last trick, Tijon finished, I need your help. Triumphantly, he held his took aloft. You will wear my hat, and death will think that you are me. While she takes you to her far country, I will escape. Nana Bojo frowned at Tijon's ratty took. You want me to dress like you and let death take me away? This symbolism makes me very uncomfortable, Raccoon says. I never thought about it, I say. Ben way, exclaimed Tijon. Not in a million years, said Nana Bojo, and he left Tijon standing alone in the forest, took outstretched. Tijon bit his lip, thinking hard. Then he raised his voice again. Luscarp! When will he learn? Raccoon asks. I don't know. We seek a jock! Kivu ook! Can he learn? I don't know. Name after name he called, but Tijon could not find anyone to dress as him. As he pondered, something crashed through the bush beside him. He startled, preparing to hide from death, but it was only another old man, with a rifle clutched in his spotted hands and his thick beard covering his chest like snow. Did I hear you calling, son? the old man asked. Oui, said Tijon. Do you need saving from the British? The old man hefted his rifle. I'm very good at saving people from the British. No, merci, not today. We can be over in a jiffy if you change your mind. Another time, Tijon said. Listen. And he told the man all about death. But no one will wear my toque, he finished. The old man dug a finger in his ear. I'll do it. Just got a cowboy up. You are a good friend, yeah? Hey, up, said the old man. Mostly. Huzzah! Raccoon shouts. 
He's from Maine. We, oui, I say. See, si, Maine is okay. Don't forget the other states, I say. They are good friends, too. Mostly, Raccoon says, when they're not saving us. And so the little old man from Maine went to sit in Tijan's cabin, wearing Tijan's toque. Meanwhile, Tijan hobbled through the forest. A terrible thought had struck him. Even if he won their little game, he had not truly escaped death. She would linger, in every approaching storm, around every river bend, at the bottom of every empty flower barrel. What must I do, Tijan cried, to escape death forever? You must become a story, Death said. Wait, Raccoon says. Tijan startled. He had not noticed Death walking so close to him. But then, no one does. In one hand, Death held his tattered toque. Against her white skirts, it resembled nothing so much as a lump of chewed wool. If you're a story, she said quietly, you change, but you never really die. Wait, Raccoon says. I see what you're doing. Oh, I say. Raccoon nods. Story cycles are very common in French Canada. They end at the beginning and then they start over. That's true, I say. I've got a story like that. Okay, so, this one time. But I'm telling my story, I say. Raccoon's black lips peel back. Shreds of pork poke through his teeth. You have to wait your turn, I say. Over five hundred years, Raccoon says, and I'm still waiting. Tijan thought for so long he needed to sit down. But if I am a story, he said, it is not exactly the same as being alive. Perhaps not. Gently, Death placed Tijan's toque on his head. But you can have new adventures forever. Okay, Tijan, Raccoon says. You've told me your story. You became a cultural figure, a folk hero. You escaped death for good. Bravo. I'm not Tijan, I say. What if the people grow tired of me, Tijan asked. What if they stop telling my story? What if they forget? Then we must find a way to make those stories new. In that case... Raccoon says. I have a confession. Under his mask, his needle-like teeth shine in a fierce smile. His dark eyes glow suddenly yellow. I'm not Raccoon. Oh, for a long time, I can't think of anything to say. So you learn to hide, yeah? A story made new, Coyote agrees, his blunt claws tearing into a styrofoam container. Then he pauses. It was a nice moment you had, he says. You and Tijan. Over too soon, I say. That's what I said when your ships arrived. He pauses. You sound different. This story skipped all the British parts. Next time. Tijan struggled upright, adjusting his toque. D'accord, he said. Make me a story then. Then I'll come with you. So Death began to make Tijan a story. Tell me to someone good, Tijan said. Tell me to another trickster. So? 
Tata sauce and grease spill down Coyote's chest. Where do we go from here? I don't know. I wipe my hands on my pants, the white denim stained with oil, earth, and blood. Mostly blood. Everything's so complicated now. It was always complicated, says Coyote. You just never listened before. He holds out a plastic bag. You want some bannock and timbits? Merci. We'll figure it out, Coyote says. But it's my turn to be storyteller. Got that? Okay, I say. You're awake now? Very much. Over 500 years I've been waiting, Coyote says. We've got a lot of ground to cover. This is going to be good, he clears his throat. Okay, so. I listen. Welcome back. You have been listening to Justine Eyre narrating Tijon's Last Adventure, as told to Raccoon by K.T. Brisky. We hope you enjoyed it. If so, please help spread the word by leaving a review or rating at iTunes or the social media venue of your choice. Our editor is John Joseph Adams, and this podcast is copyright 2019 by Lightspeed Magazine. As a listener to this podcast, you know that we publish it and most of the rest of our content for free online. If you don't already support our Hugo Award-winning journal, please consider checking out our many options, including ebook subscriptions and recurring patronage via Patreon and Drip at lightspeedmagazine.com support. Our sponsor this month is John Joseph Adams Books from HMH, and the feature titled this month is Break the Bones, Haunt the Bones by Micah Dean Hicks. Skyboat Media, the most respected independent audio production team on the West Coast, produces the stories for this podcast. They are headed by the Audi and Grammy Award-winning narrators Stefan Rutnicki and Gabrielle DeCure. Be sure to check out their website at skyboatmedia.com. Post-production was by yours truly. Our music and sound logos were composed and performed by Jack Kincaid. Thanks for listening. That's all for now. See you on the Bitstream. I'm Jim Freund wishing you cheers from all of us at Lightspeed. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.